Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we wrap up our sermon series called Most Likely To, and, and the bow that we're going to put on this sermon series today as we've looked at these characters from the Bible who demonstrate to us how God directs our lives for good. Maybe many would say we've saved the best one for last. Today we're going to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we'll say that she was the most likely to keep the faith. What a gift Mary was given, first of all, to be the mother of the Son of God, but then the gift of the faith to believe the promises that God was making to her through the angel Gabriel. That will be our focus today in worship, and as we marvel at Mary's faith, we'll think about our own faith and the miracle that God has given us to trust in things that we can't see, the blessings that God brings through his word and through his son, Jesus. Our text today is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. The words will be on the screen. If you'd like to follow along in your own Bible, please do so. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to, to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. As we take a look at these words today, we'll see the surprise announcement to Mary and how she reacted to it. Maybe you've been a part of a surprise party. Has anyone ever thrown you a birthday party that was supposed to be a surprise? Were you surprised? Have you been on the other end where you're the one throwing the party? Were you able to pull it off? And was the person surprised who came to that party? If you know that feeling of either being surprised or surprising someone else, it's, it's kind of tough to fake, isn't it? I wonder what the statistics are and how successful surprise parties are. But when you're a part of one, genuine success is pretty easy to see. It's not easy to fake. And so today we have the surprise of Mary. If, if you know that kind of surprise, maybe you can understand a little bit was what Mary was feeling. Her surprise wasn't from a party that was being thrown to her, but a surprise visit that was made to her. And a very, very special announcement that the angel Gabriel made. And so today, as we see Mary as the most likely to keep her faith, to keep the faith, we're going to take a look at her reaction, how she reacted to the miraculous, this visit from the angel Gabriel. And as we do so, let's note how Mary believed God's promises, simply embraced what God was saying to her through the angel. And then let's consider how God blesses us with faith 
just like the faith of Mary. Talk about surprises. Can you imagine what that was like to be visited by an angel? An angel that God sent with a very, very special announcement? It's not that Mary didn't know about angels. No doubt she knew the Old Testament stories about angels appearing to people like Abraham and to Jacob. And what those appearances often showed was that God was acting in a very, very special way in the lives of those people. If we had to rank the appearances of angels, it would be very difficult not to put this one at the top of the list, don't you think? It wasn't just the angel Gabriel's visit, but the announcement that he made, the message that this messenger of God brought, this angel of God brought to Mary, that really makes this one stand out above all the others. Let's take a look at the first words that the angel said to Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Twice in those verses, we hear the word favor, that Mary was highly favored by God and that she found favor with God. Those words come from the same Greek root that the word grace comes from. And the point that God is making is that this visit to Mary, this announcement of the birth of the Savior, was not something that Mary earned. No, her opportunity to be the mother of the Son of God, the mother of the Savior of the world, was a gift of God's grace. Can you almost picture the troubling nature at first of this visit to Mary? After all, it's not every day that an angel comes and visits. Imagine if right now, as you sit wherever you are, an angel would suddenly appear in the room with you. That might shake you a little bit, I would imagine. But the angel puts Mary's fears to rest very quickly. Have no fear, Mary, the angel says, because the Lord is with you. Here's an amazing thing throughout Scripture. Oftentimes when the idea of fear, don't fear, is presented, it's connected with another phrase. The Lord is with you. No matter what we face in this life, no matter what Mary was facing, God's presence with her was constant. He wouldn't ever leave her or forsake her. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, King David wrote, we will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Kind of marvel, don't we, at these pictures that the Bible paints of angel visits? Something that's out of our experience makes us marvel at God's blessings through the angels. But, but maybe it leads us to a question, too. What about angels today? What about God's angels in my life? Maybe you thought to yourself, it would be so much easier if I could see the angels that God has. Where are these, these beings that God sends as his messengers, these creatures that God sends to watch over us and protect us? Do you know what God promises in his word? On the screen, I put Psalm 91, a verse from Psalm 91, verse 11. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. It's true that we don't see them, and yet God's angels are there. God uses those messengers to carry out his work, to protect us when needed. I love the picture on the screen, too. It's one of those pictures that, that makes so much sense to us when we think about God's promises in his word. As those two little children, the boy and the girl, are 
in danger, it's an angel that walks behind them and guards and guides them in an unseen way. Maybe you can think of times in your life, a life when, when misfortune should have happened, when maybe you should have suffered a serious injury or accident, but somehow God prevented it. Then we know that it's God who's protecting us through his angels, that he sends them concerning us to guard us in all our ways. Let's take a look at what the angel announces, because again, it wasn't just the appearance of the angel that was special, but the message that he brought to Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. What an extraordinary promise. What an extraordinary announcement the message made. This Mary, this young girl from Nazareth, was going to be the mother of the Son of God. She was giving birth to the promised Messiah. Can you even imagine what that was like to hear what Mary heard that day with Gabriel? And yet Gabriel backs it up with some of the Old Testament pictures of what this Messiah would do. He tells Mary very clearly that it's going to be a part of David's line, which Mary was herself a part of. And then it all, he also mentions that this Messiah will reign on the throne of David forever. His kingdom will never end. Yes, Mary recognized these promises as connected to the coming Messiah. But could she fathom? Could she fathom all of the things this meant for her? What it meant to be the mother of the Savior of the world? Can we fathom the grace and mercy of God to bring into this world his own son through a human being, a son that grew up to become our Savior from sin? Mary was puzzled about one thing. She didn't need a sign from God, but she did have one question. How will this happen, she asks, because I have never been intimate with a man. This maybe is the most astounding part of Gabriel's announcement, of Gabriel's answer. It was God's power that was going to carry this out. It was the Holy Spirit who was going to come on her, and the power of the Most High would overshadow her. And yes, she would give birth to a son, a son who was truly not just her son, but the Son of God. Jesus was born fully human and fully God to carry out your salvation and mine, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, as we'll confess in the Apostles' Creed. The angel actually does give Mary a sign. He tells her that her relative Elizabeth, who was considered to be barren, is in her sixth month. And then he finishes with these words, and we hear Luke's record of Mary's reaction as well. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. God is not accustomed to failing, is he? There is no failing with God, no promise of God, no word from God will ever fail. What a comfort for Mary to hear those words. If she had questions, they were put to rest by that simple promise of Gabriel that whatever God sets out to do, he can do. 
Maybe you know that other translations of the Bible render this verse, for nothing is impossible with God. That's where Mary found her confidence. And just like this announcement from Gabriel was miraculous, so was the faith that Mary was given to hold on to it, to embrace what God was promising. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. I want it to be just like you said. In effect, Mary is saying amen to God's promises. Maybe long ago you've learned that the rendering, that thought behind the word amen, really means let it be so. That's Mary's faith in action. Let it be, just like you've said, God. I trust that you will carry out what you've done. It's not that Mary stopped thinking about these things. No, we're told in Luke chapter 2 a couple of different times that she pondered all of the things that she saw, that she treasured up these things that were happening through her with God's Son, treasured them up in her heart. Can this really be, Mary must have asked? And yet God blessed her with faith. The faith to accept that, yes, God can do anything. And that, yes, God was going to carry out the salvation of the world by giving a son to Mary. A son who would be your savior and mine. God's promises to us never fail either. What a wonderful comfort for you and I to have in the midst of the difficulties that we go through in this life. There is not a single promise of God that will go unfulfilled. Through the prophet Isaiah, God wrote this, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. That's what Mary's faith was in, the promises of God. And that's what your faith and mine is in, too. Do you remember Jesus saying these words? If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Maybe there are times as Christians that we feel like we need to have this big faith, that you have to prove that, that your faith is high on the meter of faith. But, but Jesus said it doesn't take very much to be powerful because it isn't about my faith. It isn't about your faith, but who and what that faith is in. Our faith rests securely on the promises of God carried out in the person of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins and the life that we have with him. And so here we are. Here we are in the midst of a pandemic, wondering what's next? What's life going to look like next week, next month, even next year? How am I going to react to all of these things? What's going to happen to me? And we have this assurance from God that his word, his promises never fail. God isn't asleep on the job. He hasn't forgotten about you and me. He knows exactly where we're at. And he knows how to bring blessings through even something difficult that we face in our lives. The miracle of Mary's faith was as big as the miracle that Gabriel announced to her that the Savior was going to be born through her. And maybe Mary even thought, boy, this is not really seeming to be humanly possible, but it doesn't matter with God. There's nothing that's impossible with God. Have you considered the faith of people like Mary or maybe some of the others that we've considered in this series of Noah and Ruth and others and wondering, is it impossible for me to have that same kind of faith? It's not. Oh, we know our doubts, don't we? We know how easily doubts creep into our hearts and into our minds, how much those tentacles of doubt cause trouble in our lives. As we worry, we become anxious. We forget those promises of God or we fail to hold on to them. Maybe even worse is that 
have doubts created in our hearts and minds that somehow God can still love us. That after all of the things that, that we have failed to do and the things that we've done, that, that God maybe has given up on us. He hasn't. You and I can take heart. Because the same promises that God gave to Mary, the promises that he was going to send a son that she was going to name Jesus, the one who saves, that Savior has brought gifts to you and me too. Jesus has come. He did exactly what he came to do. He lived a life in our place, a perfect life, a life that never doubted God and his promises. And God credited, credits that perfect life to you and to me. And then that Jesus went to the cross. And there on that cross, he suffered the punishment, the penalty for all sins, so that our sins of doubt and every other sin is completely washed away. We find forgiveness in the blood of Jesus. God's blessings don't stop there. Not only has God given us Jesus and the forgiveness that we have through him, but he has given us his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit has blessed us, has given us faith to trust. He's called us by the gospel and opened our eyes to see the gifts that God has for you and me. Yes, Jesus is truly fully God and fully human in the same person, fully God so that he could live perfectly for us. Fully God so that he could have his death count for the sins of all people. But fully human so that he could be put under the law and live it in our place. And fully human so that he could die to take away our sins. You and I, like Mary, simply say amen to those promises of God. Let it be so. Continue to bring those blessings into my heart and into my life. After he finishes Hebrews chapter 11, that whole faith chapter of the Bible, which will be our topic for our summer sermon series starting in a couple of weeks, this conclusion is drawn by the writer to the Hebrews, what your faith, what my faith in Jesus means. Here's what he writes. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus not only pioneers, he not only gives us faith, but we can fix our eyes on him because he's going to bring it to perfection, to its end goal, our life with him in heaven. Here's some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, God accomplished our salvation through his son, born of a virgin. What an amazing miracle to bring into this life his son, fully God and fully human, to win for us salvation. Number two, remember that God continues to watch over us by sending his angels. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And then finally, number three, God gave Mary the faith to believe the miraculous, the same faith he has given to you and to me. We know how that faith comes. It comes from hearing the message. And as we embrace those words from God, that the faith that he has given us, we want to build on that faith. We want to grow in that faith. And so we continue to worship through these videos, through devotional things, reading our own Bibles, because we know that's how God gives us the faith that we can keep, keep all the way to an eternity with him. It was one week after Easter. Jesus again appeared to his disciples, and this time the disciple named Thomas was there. 
Remember that he had refused to believe the testimony of the other disciples that Jesus had appeared to them the week before because he had not been there? He demanded some proof. I want to see and touch the nail marks. And when Jesus appeared again, he went directly to Thomas. Look, Thomas, put your fingers in my hands. Stop doubting and believe. Do you remember Thomas's confession? My Lord and my God. What a beautiful confession Thomas made. And then these words came from Jesus. You have believed because you have seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know who Jesus is talking about, don't you? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. We are blessed to have that same miracle of faith worked in our hearts, even though we have not seen Jesus, even though we haven't touched the nail marks in his hands. We believe because God has given us that gift, the miraculous gift of faith. We talked about surprise parties at the beginning, and what Jesus doesn't want is our eternity to be a surprise to us. There isn't a delegation in heaven waiting to surprise us when we get there. No, Jesus is waiting for us, and he has prepared a room for us, reserved in each of our names in heaven. And he doesn't want it to be a surprise for us as we live on this earth either. Jesus fills us with faith so that we have confidence. Confidence of where we're going. That nothing can separate us from the love of God in this life. And nothing will separate us from the love of God for eternity. Yes, Jesus calls you and me blessed. Because we have believed without seeing. Thank God for the gift of your faith. Continue to grow in that faith as you connect with God through his word. And then know that that faith will guide you to an eternity with your Lord in heaven. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.